Good evening. Welcome to Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of FlashOfSteel.com. My name is Julian Murdoch, and we have an irregular crew. We're giving Rob Zachney a week off, and Troy Goodfellow won't be joining us, but I do have our good, calm, collected friend, Dr. Bruce Garrick. Hello, gamers. Yeah, see, that's calm. That's actually creepy, but it's also calm. That's how it's supposed to be. And we have extra special guest from Geekbox, uh, Ryan Scott. I'm sure many of you know him. Ryan, welcome. Hello. Uh, so we're here today to talk about the worst acronym in gaming, which is MOBA. <laughs> which I really I, I'll be I don't even know what that stands for. Massive Online Battle Arena or something like that. Anybody? Oh, know wait, what wait, wait, wait. Are we? We're talking about. I thought we we're talking about Moby. Moby, I was like, like so psyched, <laughs> little little like laid back electronica. That was yeah. where we thought we were headed. Well, I thought Play was a great album, <laughs> uh, highly underrated. Actually, I think yeah, you know, no, nobody's we were, really heard about it. I was way into it before all the cool kids got into it. Ah, uh, so. yeah, ten months later, yeah. Uh, so wh- wh- what is what does it actually stand for? Multiplayer online battle arena? Is Dude, that right? I have no idea. That's Ryan, correct, what does it stand yeah. for? So so it's a definite corner of the strategy genre. I think we've talked about it exactly once back in the day when Demigod launched. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's probably actually where more people are playing strategy games than anywhere else on all the games we talk about. Because games like League of Legends and even the original Dota, uh, de- you know, Defense, of, Defense of the Ancients, uh, get tons of traffic. I mean, uh, even, even sort of the second tier of these, which I would put Hero of New Earth in, gets, mm-hmm. you know, half a million players over the course of a month. There are a lot of people playing these games. Right. So we wanted to take a little time to talk about the genre in general, whether it's strategy, whether it's not. We love those definitional conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes them good? What makes them bad? And probably dig a little deep into what is clearly the dominant player in the genre right now, League of Legends, which is why we have Ryan Scott on, because every other word out of his mouth is lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, does that have anything to do with League of Legends, though? I mean... You know, there, there's not a lot. Maybe of you're just misinterpreting me. That that could be true. That could be true. So so the shocking thing to me, Bruce Garrick, yeah. mm. was that you were dying to be on this, and uh, you know this is the second week in a row where I've been shocked you wanted to talk about a particular genre. Last week we talked about Memoir Forty Four, mm-hmm. which you described as the worst board game ever, but your favorite online game of the moment, right? Uh, which was a great little juxtaposition so tell me why you actually like this genre or league of legends in particular well i don't know that i like the genre at all i mean i haven't played uh defense of the ancients and i haven't played uh heroes of um whatever of new newark airport in newark here yes here heroes of new jersey um you know I, i've never played those games and i actually don't play a lot of uh league of legends because i don't play a lot of anything but uh uh I love having the <clears throat> if I have the time, and that's the problem. Uh, that's the, that's the one one thing about the game that uh, doesn't fit my um, my criteria for the best game ever is that it takes too long. But uh, you know, if I have the forty five minutes or something to throw into it, uh, I love the game, and um, I really don't know why. I really can't think of a reason except that. Uh, it has persistent characters that I love. Uh, uh, it, it just the, the whole, the whole model, the whole uh, um, way it's put together. The uh, restrictive camera, one of my favorite things about that game, and 
Because I'm kind of an authoritarian, and I, I really like the sort of, uh, you know, fascist design decisions that uh, exist in games like that as opposed to Supreme Commander, which is a little too libertarian for me. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I guess there's just, there are, there are so many things about, uh, about, um, about League of Legends that I like that uh, don't have anything to do with the fact that it has a bunch of, like, fruity heroes with special powers. So, and, so, uh, so what is it that you like? Like, what is it? Do you, do you, let's, let's get like, do that horrible thing that Troy tells us we're never supposed to do. What's that? Is it a strategy game? Oh, we can't do that. <laughs> people get mad. People get so mad. Oh, we get such, uh, I'm told cause I don't get the mail myself, but we get such angry feedback when we start trying to categorize things and have, you know, like, uh, like, um, not taxidermy, but what's the other word? Taxonomy. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Of game, like gaming taxonomy, that people hate that because it's just a whole bunch of arguments about uh, stuff that ultimately doesn't matter, which is That's basically true. all of gaming. That's certainly true, certainly true. But I guess the problem with the uh, with the question of of whether it's a strategy game is I don't understand how people can say that League of Legends is not a strategy game, but StarCraft is a strategy game. They they do exactly the same things, right? You just have fewer units. But you have, you're, you have you have one. Yeah. Well, that's few, one is fewer than a whole bunch of Zerg. So it it, it the uh, the game does basically the same things. People always question about whether uh, uh, you know games like this are are just a series of build orders. But I mean that's basically what all real time strategy games are. Um, I mean if if you really want to ask what this is, I mean is it a role playing game because you gain levels? I mean isn't that the isn't that the definition of a of a role playing game? Uh, is that you have a character who increases in levels, but I, I think it's a strategy game in the sense that uh, you uh, you have to have uh, a series of uh, you make a series of decisions about how you're going to level up your character, which are the which are the um, uh, which are the levels you're uh, which are the skills you're going to uh, take at each level, uh, which makes a, such a huge difference. I mean, in the way the game plays, and uh, I really like the cooperativity. That's that's the one thing if Memoir 44 had a cooperative mode, it would be even better than the best game that it, that currently exists online. Um, because I really like playing cooperative games. And uh, and I think that's probably my favorite thing about uh, about League of Legends is, is being able to, to play with, uh, with people that I know and sort of have them... Uh, all, by the way, everybody I play League of Legends with uh, regularly is better than I am, so I love having them tell me, you know, what I'm doing wrong and and discussing <laughs> these strategy to uh, my aspects world. of the game. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, I I I um, I mean, there are the whole bunch of things like the I I love the fact that there's only one map, or at least the one that I always use. Um, and I know that there are different game modes now. I mean, I, I understand all that. We will get into that at some point. Uh, Ryan can probably talk much more about uh, these things. But uh, I love the persistence. It's sort of every time you play the game, uh, it, it's you're in this familiar uh, familiar territory. The uh, it's a very different feeling from something like Memoir, where the the appeal is in all the different scenarios. Um, for me, uh, playing the game. Uh, the appeal is, you know, perfecting something. It's like playing a game of uh, uh, War in the East and 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 trying to perfect, uh, you know, perfect a certain move or perf you know, uh, optimize my encirclement of some city. Uh, you know, I play the same hero and try to figure out how to use them and and uh, what. Um, uh, 
per perfecting the strategy at the same time that I'm perfecting sort of my my um, uh, clicking skill, which is certainly something that I don't have uh, a very good handle on. So, Ryan, where do you think this game fits in the you know in the spectrum of gaming? Well, the question of is it a strategy game? That's kind of a silly question to me, seeing as how you know this game came from Defense of the Ancients, which uh, essentially the whole the whole uh, model for that was to take the the hero concept from Warcraft three and sort of blow it out into its own game, which so. which didn't really work all that well in Warcraft three, honestly, from in my opinion. <clears throat> I mean, it, it it always felt a little thin, right? Because you were if you were really playing the game, you had to be doing everything but that. That's that is true. Um, I didn't really take to Warcraft three myself either. And, yeah, uh, but the the you know the whole persistence of you know leveling this this one character up over the course of a single game. And sort of, you know, just being responsible for that that one unit, it's kind of restrictive in that way. But I think that makes it kind of more engaging in a way. Um, I mean, so I it, mean, you're you're notoriously addicted to this game. Oh, you talk about this oh, yes. game a lot. Why why do you keep coming back? I mean, this is a game that's two years old. Has had, while well, while it's had sort of continuous releases of new heroes, it really hasn't had much else. We're still playing effectively on the same map we were playing on in beta two and a half years ago. So why why the enduring appeal? That uh, it's just fun. I don't know. It's, <laughs> that's that's kind of a dumb answer, and right? Tom it's just, just fun, you know. <laughs> And uh, they they have released a couple more maps. They released a whole new game mode recently. That's um, Dominion, right? So it's more akin to something like Arathi Basin from World of Warcraft. Um, and actually, that's a good point because when I first got into the League of Legends beta, I was playing. I was really hardcore into low level World of Warcraft battlegrounds, which um, you know people would level their character to, to nineteen which was sort of the cap for the lowest level battlegrounds, stop their leveling and then trick their characters out as much as they could and sort of exist within this um, this very uh, specific sort of low-level battleground community. And that's what I was sort of obsessed with at the time. And League of Legends came around and sort of scratched the same itch for me. And part of what I found so appealing, um, as opposed to sort of like a, a traditional strategy game. You look at something like StarCraft 2, StarCraft 1, 2, whatever. Um, you have tons of units. You have all kinds of stuff to manage. You have a whole economy. You have, you know, very sort of specific build orders if you want to um, play at a, a very competitive level. And you, there's just so much to manage. And the sort of restrictiveness of League of Legends, you know, you control one unit. He has four skills. And you can buy, you know, this very finite um, selection of items. That restrictiveness was, was sort of um, very appealing to me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I wonder about some of the, the you know, whether the, the competitors to the throne of League of Legends will be successful. Because both 
Um, I, I don't know whether anybody's played Defense of the Ancients 2, which is coming out from Valve, which is definitely pretty, right? It's definitely upgrading the the sort of WoW-like graphics levels of League of Legends or Heroes of New Earth, um, or even Heroes of New Earth, which, which adds levels of complexity. It's not a lot of complexity, but it's things like instead of just having four skills, now you can actually tweak the upgrading of your, say, core abilities, strength, intelligence, dexterity, and stuff like that. And, and it seems silly to be arguing about about taking something from being ridiculously simple, which I would say League of Legends is, and just slightly more complex. But I actually wonder whether things like Dota 2 are going to fall under the weight of their own complexity because the the learning curve in League of Legends is entirely about how good you are, not how much about the game you know. You can pick one character and you can learn everything you need to know about that character in about 20 minutes, and then you're done. It's just a question of how well you understand the metagame. At least that's how I sort of see it. When you say you can learn everything you need to know about that character in 20 minutes, what do you mean? Well, I mean, you're going to learn, okay, these are what my four... You can hop into a bot match and you can say, oh, these are what my four skills do. And this one's this one's based on attack power or this one's based on, based on attack damage or this one really needs critical strike chance. And then you can go look at the big list of items and you can sort of say, oh, these are the items I should buy as I get gold throughout the game. And you can... You can you, there's not a lot of new information. You'll get information because you'll try something out and you'll fail just like with chess you'll try something out and you'll be like oh i got slaughtered maybe i should focus on the center of the game right but the the rules if you will you know if if league of legends was a board game you could teach it to somebody in 25 30 minutes it's not something it's not advanced squad leader where there's constant exceptions and what makes it interesting is this constant breaking of the rules with every new champion that they release and that sort of metagame that comes from that at least that's what i've sort of felt the champions themselves, you know, like you said, they're they're simple. You can pick a guy in the character select screen, look at his moves, and be like, okay, I have a fairly good understanding of what these these things are going to do. Um, but you factor in things like you have this whole catalog of items that can dramatically affect sort of your character's performance. Um, you have uh, the uh, sort of persistent leveling system, which gets you all these uh, mastery points that they basically act like, you know, MMO talent trees. And you have um, these rune books, which you can, you can slot with, with um, items that enhance specific skills. And so you have all these, you have all these factors outside of just what champion do I pick? And when you put that all together and start looking at what you can do with that, it's, it's actually kind of a lot more complicated than it looks on the surface. Right, but but the beauty of the League of Legends model is that it's on that's all beneath the surface, right? And and my experience so far with playing things like Dota Two has been all of a sudden I've got a lot more decisions to be making in the middle of a game. And this is a frenetic game. This is not a turn based game. This is like playing Starcraft Two, where if you take a minute to think about what you're going to do, that minute probably costs you the game, right? Because in the in the standard mode. Uh, you know, a standard game of this will take maybe 45 minutes on if you're playing at low levels, maybe 35 minutes if you're playing at high levels. Dominion, the new mode, which is sort of more of a, you know, conquer and hold certain towers mode. Um, you know, those games can be over in 15, 20 minutes. Um, so if you're if you're not going in knowing what you're going to do ahead of time, you're dead. Yeah, but I mean, the whole thing is about how the different characters kind of interact with each other. 
I mean, that's the <clears throat> that's the whole appeal of the game. The, like I said, the appeal of the game for me is is uh, making meaningful decisions in that context with people that I know on the same team. That that's why I like that's why I like playing the game. Uh, and if it, I wish it would only last fifteen minutes. I guess I should try to get into Dominion mode because forty five minutes is really actually too big a chunk of time for me. To, it's it's a big to, chunk of time. Yeah, it is a big yeah. chunk of time. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I I uh, there there are several things about the game that that uh, actually you know I like it. I feel like I like it in spite of those things. But the you know the what, are you calling are you calling the meta game just the interaction of all the different heroes with one another? Well, I'm talking about the you know in in Magic the Gathering, for instance, right? The meta game is much more. It's not about what the card set is. It's about what sort of the dominant archetypes you might face are. Right. And, and it's sort of like what the, what the baseline expectation of another team might be. Mm-hmm. And right. So there, there's a certain metagame in that, that evolves, which is, you know, you'll have one jungler and you'll have a solo top and a solo mid and two people on the bottom, probably one person who's strong and one person who's supporting them. And mm-hmm. that's sort of, and I'm, and I'm a relative noob at this game, but that seems to represent the current metagame for how two teams that are actually talking to each other at the beginning mm-hmm. of the game will right. put themselves together to go after it. And then there's certain, uh, certain champions that are sort of acknowledged as being you know, particularly good for those types of roles and certain champions, which people realize are pretty underpowered if you were serious about trying to win. And mm-hmm. that, that, in that metagame evolves constantly, right? Because every right. week and sometimes twice a week, they nerf something and they buff something else and they release a new, you know, hero here or they change the game rules slightly and tweak it this way. And I find that metagaming stuff really interesting. But I like the fact that it can live below the surface. Much like Magic the Gathering, you don't necessarily have to pay attention to any of that stuff to enjoy this game. No, but you mean you do have to pay attention to that stuff in order to be competitive. And, but that's another aspect of this, right? I mean, we don't talk about being a competitive civilization player, right? I mean, this game really is about going and beating up on your friends. Um, and there's not really quite the equivalent of this organized ladder system that there is, at least I haven't seen it. Maybe it exists and I'm just nowhere near it yet. Ryan, you can tell me that there is in StarCraft 2. I mean, but there's money involved at the high end of this, isn't there, Ryan? They definitely have had a lot of high dollar uh, tournaments with some pretty impressive turnout. And there is, it's it's not quite as elaborate as what you see in StarCraft 2, but there is a uh, a ranked play system um, when you get to the level cap, and they've been sort of organizing it into um, a seasonal competition that they end with like a big blowout um, cash money, you know, tournament event. Um, they're about to ramp up and start season two now, so there is this whole sort of system that exists uh, at once you hit the cap. Yeah. And do you think that that's going to evolve into the same kind of esports? environment we've seen with starcraft 2 where you actually get like you know a stadium full of people watching two guys play starcraft in korea i kind of think that's ridiculous no matter what <laughs> you're talking about but um it's sort of it's it's well on its way to to being that i mean i don't know if it'll ever be as big as starcraft in that respect but it's it's certainly um already gotten a lot of recognition and a lot of you know sort of so-called pro gamer support you know as as, like, as an esport 
I mean, as the kids say, as you're playing this, I mean, are you always playing with, you know, four friends that, you know, you're all talking to each other on Ventrilo and you, you sort of, you know, actually sit here and think about who's going to play what and what your roles are. And how organized are you in your play of this game? We, most of the games that I play nowadays are organized four to five man games with friends on Ventrilo. Um, we're, we don't really uh, agonize too much over who we're playing. We're, just, I'm, you know, we'll just pick whoever we want for that game. We don't play, um, we don't play ranked mode. Which um, in the ranked mode, there's actually a whole draft uh, mechanic where each team can pick champions that they want to ban, and then it's uh, they 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 take turns picking characters, and it's sort of like an exclusive draft. So there's a whole pick counter pick uh, metagame going on at the match level. Um, we don't do that. We're, I mean, not, that, we're not that uh, hardcore. That, that's sort of the default in in defend, in Dota 2 that Valve's launched, at least what I've seen in the beta so far, is most of the games, if you hop into a game, sort of start that way. And and Valve seems to be investing very heavily in what I would call the, the professionalization features, a lot of stuff about spectator mode, a lot of game replay stuff. Um, you know, which which is notably lacking in League of Legends. League of Legends, for all of its complexity in the metagame, really doesn't have a lot of sophistication going in. I mean, there's not, there's not like a, a built-in system to be watching a professional, you know, two, you know, two teams that really care about what they're doing, go at it. Um, where, so you can really study things. I mean, all that stuff exists, but it exists seemingly kind of like on YouTube and in the corners now. Well, they've, they've been working on a replay system for, you know, in a spectator mode for, a long time now. Um, and, he, you know, at the time when League of Legends launched, that was one of the big concerns that, hey, you know, this game, you know, you're, you're, you're going hard for this, like, eSport sort of recognition, but you have no spectator mode. That's, that's kind of a huge problem. Um, and the, I don't know, Riot's kind of slow when it comes to rolling new features, new, like, big features out the door. Um, but I, I believe that that will exist at some point in this game. It, you know, it really it needs to if it's if it's going to be this this sort of big deal that they want it to be. So do you think do you think this game lives or dies on the whole uh, uh, esport aspect? Because I don't. <clears throat> I gotta I admit know. to you, I'm not playing this as an esport. And while I appreciate the fact that there are tons of these esport like uh, you know YouTube. Uh, YouTube episodes, and uh, I've been sent links to many of them by people I play with, saying you got to play like this, not the stupid way you play. <laughs> um, it, it doesn't. I, I don't really get. Um, uh, I, I don't really get anything out of that part. I, I mean, is I assume that there have to be other people like me. Well, I mean, you know, I, I forget what the exact numbers were that Riot released recently in terms of their player base, but it was some staggering multi-million player amount. And, uh, you know, I don't. one of the things that Riot did right with this game was they, they made it certainly much more accessible than, than Defense of the Ancients was to a sort of more casual player. And, you know, even if it didn't have all, the, all this sort of, like, esports stuff surrounding it, I don't think that would matter. I, I, you know, that lots of people play it just like you said, to, to have fun, play with their friends, and, you know, just stomp people it's it, it's not like a serious pro thing for i would say certainly the majority of the audience is, is casual 
more than anything. But I think there's some cachet to, to knowing that there is this elite out there, right? I mean, I think that people get into knowing that they're part of something that's bigger than themselves, if you will. Yeah, um, no, I, I agree with I totally agree with that. I mean, that's 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 certainly true. Um, but still, I mean, I, I I'm I'm playing this game totally as though you know there were there were no NFL. This is just me, right? Right. You're just playing flag football with your friends, and that's exactly just how it yes. is. Yeah. 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 Um, let's talk a little bit about the business model because to me, that's one of the more interesting things about this. Um, you know, the the three main, I, I would say, contenders to the throne of this genre um, right now are, are League of Legends, which is clearly the leader, Heroes of New Earth, and then Defense of the Ancients, which is coming out, which I frankly don't know that much about the business model. I believe it's coming out in some sort of free-to-play system, but I don't think mm-hmm. we know all that much about how they're doing it. Um, you know, one of the, the genius things about League of Legends to me has been that not only can you just play this game without ever spending any money, mm-hmm. um, they actually make it really varied if you never spend any money because they're constantly rotating in and out the, the 10 free guys or eight free guys, however many it is that you can play with out of a pretty big spectrum. So you never right. get sort of locked into this feeling of, well, you know, oh, they gave me they gave me the infantry guy and the sniper, and that's <laughs> right. what I get for my free to play mode. And if I want to play the guy who drives a tank, I got to pay my five dollars. Right. Um, right. I guess the flip side of that would be if you get really good at a particular character, that character may be gone next week, and that's kind of the hook to get you in. But then I had I had the guys from Riot on a panel last year at PAX East, and yeah. they said that they make the vast majority of their money not on people buying champions, of which there's a pretty yeah. limited variety, but yeah. on people buying skins, yeah, which is basically what, like that painting was my understanding your car. Also. Yeah. I mean, is it just me, or does that not make any sense at all? G- Julian, I own so many skins. <laughs> you have how no much, idea. How much money have, do you think you have spent on skins? Oh my God! Come on. Well, that you know what? Well, skins I should point out are—they're the only thing that you can um, buy with real-world money that you can't buy with in-game currency. Like any any champion in the game, you can buy you can buy immediately with real-world money if you so choose, or you can save up in-game currency to buy them. Which you get, which you get just from playing, and and if you play play and win, you get more of it. But you could theoretically play and lose every single game, and eventually buy every character in the game. Right. Well, it would take a really it would take a really long time, but it's theoretically possible. So I mean, I I got that. That's I didn't realize. I mean, I, I have to say, you know, when I play these games, I don't learn a lot about them. I sort of play them and figure out what happens. Um, I don't do a lot of offline research or online research, I guess. Um, and uh, I was shocked when I like was playing, and then all of a sudden it told me that I had like money that I could go to the store and like you know buy stuff. Um, it was it was completely uh, completely a complete revelation to me. And to this to this day, I have not spent any money on that game. Um, but uh, so I don't have any skins. But uh, all the characters that I bought are ones that I bought with the in-game, uh, you know, whatever credits that I earned. And, uh, and that, you know, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, a big, um, uh, a big part of the draw for me too, is that I can, I can just do this and sort of, as I play, uh, you know, earn these, uh, the, what I did was I, uh, you know, the very first character that, uh, I was able to, uh, to buy, I just, I just, uh, that, <coughs> that was my sort of incentive to learn everything I could about that character and get good at playing that character. 
and um, I'm which I'm still not. But um, <laughs> what? Which character? Uh, Ash. Oh. Right. Which is Ash? which? Ash, Ash is good. Ash is a good character, and it's the one that you learn in the tutorial. So I think a lot of people draw to that very quickly because it, you know it's it's your first exposure to the game. You sort of figure that's right. how it's supposed to be yep. played, etc. Um, and and to be fair, like I mean, like Ryan just said, it's a perfectly good character. You see that character played no matter Regularly, what level yes. you're at. Uh huh. Right. She she's yeah. a cool elf archer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Everybody loves, loves the elf game, archer. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a ranged character with some uh, good uh, with some good abilities. I like the whatever frost bolt thing uh, you can really finish off people with or uh, set somebody up to uh, you know get crushed by one of your uh, melee guys. Uh, you know, and it, but it, you know it comes with expectations, right? If you if you join a random match, you're going to be expected to hold a lane by yourself, right? I mean, and if you can't, you're immediately going to get comments like. Oh, you know, Ash is noob, or you know, <laughs> go help Ash. Ash sucks. You know, let's, let's talk about the community a little bit because uh, maybe this just comes, and, and I, I don't think this is League of Legends specific. I think it's anytime you get a couple million people in a room, uh, whether it's Halo or World of Warcraft or League of Legends. But right. oh my God, I have been called more names in public matches of League of Legends than I think I have in my entire life. I mean, is this is this just a curse that we have to live with because something's free to play? Consequently, thirteen year olds play it. Yeah, probably. I, I, That's I part of so. it. Go ahead. Ryan. Well, can can I ask you what what your summoner level is? Uh, me, you, I'm like nineteen. Yeah. That I mean, you're always going to get harassed by idiots, regardless, right? I mean, that's just the way it is. It's a video game on the internet, but I, I think that sort of decreases. Um, as as you gain you get higher in level when you when you sort of when you when you get to the level cap and you sort of break out of this um sort of low level hell um <laughs> the the players you tend to get matched to players who know a little bit more about what they're doing um and it's it's not quite as incessant as it probably is for you right this minute oh i mean at the beginning i mean my character for whatever reason i had a i had a press account so my my, you know, I had I had an I, I guess a very desirable one word name, which was Rabbit, as my account, and I had leveled it up to like twenty three or twenty four back in the open beta, and I played it like crazy in the open beta, and then they wiped it, and I didn't play it for like a year and a half, All right? So it's been recently, like when I logged back in, even though I've had an account for two and a half years, I was level zero all over again. And so oh, yeah. I just yeah. worked my way all the way back up to level 19. And for sure, like level five, I felt like I was wading into some cesspool. I mean, it was like joining the worst Halo match of my life. Like people just effectively screaming in text the whole time. It was it was outrageous. When I mean, we all had to sort of level up. You know, anybody who was in the beta had to level up again when the game went live. And I remember at the time, you know, um, you get into a match and somebody would would drop out of the game, which always was a pretty sure sign that, well, you're going to lose this game. You know, you'd have leavers, you'd have people who were just intentionally running into the enemy base to die, you know, all kinds of people like that. And I remember sitting there at the time and being like, oh my God, I, like, I did not have to deal with this when, you know, I had this fully leveled account in beta. And now, like, I have to go through this, 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 low be hell again this you know it's excruciating but which it is and but once you get through it 
You know, but it's sort of sort of a trial by fire. That's weird because I mean, I'm I'm certainly lower than that, and I haven't experienced this crazy. Um... Well, do you do many random matches though? Yeah, I do a fair number of random matches. Okay, maybe you you'll, just don't pay you'll, attention. You'll see it. I mean, yeah, I play we play I play a lot of co-op games against bots. But Well, that's a little bit different for sure. Yeah. I mean, the pressure's a little bit lower versus bots. Right. You know, if somebody leaves, it's not it's no big deal if you lose. It was just a bunch of bots, but you know, when you're playing a close game and then somebody leaves your team, it's like, "Oh, well, yeah. Thanks for nothing." Right. Wait, I mean, you know, Riot has an interesting way of dealing with this, which I don't really, maybe it exists somewhere else, but I don't know how to, I, I can't recall it, which is that, you know, if, if somebody is a douchebag in your game, you can report them at the end of the game. And those reports go up to some sort of tribunal where level 30 players can vote on whether or not this person was actually a douchebag and some sort of punishment <laughs> yeah, is handed right. down. And, yep. um, I, I mean, I don't have any experience of this from the level 30 end. I only know it from, from this end. Do you think that actually has any effect on behavior, like knowing that, that I, you could be it. somehow punished? Well, well, no, it's the internet. People are going to be jerks. That's just how it is. <laughs> but, um, but that system is interesting because what happens is you log into the website and it will present you an account or, or, a, or a, an incident to review. And you can review, you know, you can do X number of incidents over a specific amount of time, whatever. And you you vote, hey, should this player be punished or, or pardoned? And if your vote is part of the majority, whatever, however they, you know, they calculate it, however many people um, review this case, if you voted the way the majority did, you you get um, some in-game currency. Are you so serious? So there's actually... There's actually, there's actually in the majority. Right. So that well, but there's there's incentive to sort of look at these seriously and evaluate and think. Well, is this should this player be punished or not? And and not just you know go through and just click 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 punish 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 to get through as many as you can. You know, it incentivizes actually reviewing them. Um, so it's this sort of frontier justice kind of. <laughs> I, I I'm trying to imagine how that would work in other games. I mean, imagine if World of Warcraft worked that way. Oh God. You know, I mean, or or imagine if if that's how you were like rating players that you like signed on to do a game of Civilization Five with. I mean, you'd never have anybody left to play with. That's I interesting. I I I just I remember logging. I remember looking at the the League of Legends forums for like one of the three times that I actually did that, and um, there was a thread there where one of the the moderators was just posting all these like. Uh, examples of of uh you know pe- people could basically uh ask to be told why they got banned or why they got punished or whatever and the the mod would be like okay because you said this you know you douchebag whatever something something um or some you know some reproduce r- some racist comment that somebody made uh it was hilarious right and then the, the guy would be like oh well i didn't really say that and they'd be like look you said it because it's under your account um but, uh, you know, I, I have to say that a lot of that stuff was a lot worse than the stuff that I had actually encountered when I played. So it was amusing to me. I hadn't really, um, maybe I just, I, I'm sure that if I played more regularly and more uh, competitively, like if I played more actual competitive games rather than games against bots, I would see a lot more of this stuff. But a lot of time, I don't even pay attention to that text. I mean, people well, are and you typing. Can't, you can't turn it off, too, I think. Right. You can I mean, ignore a... specific players, but... Right. 
Yeah, I don't look at, but I'm mean, saying I just don't really even look at it, right? I mean, half the time I'm I'm playing, and uh, you know somebody's trying to tell me something in the text, like go attack this guy, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, text. Um, but uh, but that's that's part of the game that doesn't really, I don't know, it just never really bothered me that much. Um, like I said, I'm sure that if I got a lot more of that kind of angle, it would uh, it, it would bother me. But I I want to talk a little, just more a little bit more about because. Um, it's kind of hard to see, you know, why why is this game so appealing? And, and I don't know we really... There, there are a couple things about the game that I that I really wanted just to mention is that um, League of Legends really does a good job of creating a sense of place, which is something that I don't um, ever get tired of saying about games that do it well because so few games do. Um, you know, you have the same, at least the... Um, Summoner's Rift map, uh, you know, you have the same thing that you always come back to, um, and yet you sort of build on it in a way that you don't build on. Uh, I think that the you don't build on in other games like like we I, we had just talked about memoir and 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 players uh, sorry um, listeners will be uh, familiar with the game so I can just use that as a counterexample. You know, the memoir games, the units don't gain experience. Um, which I think is a very, uh, a very important hook for uh, for a game like League of Legends because the combination of you know significant events that happen in a particular place on the map sort of uh, combine the um, they sort of they, they create this 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 interesting sort of story or incident or or vignette or you something. mean like like your personal story of like what happens when you go after the dragon like oh right. god the last nine times I did that this happened right but it's not just but, but somehow you know you, I mean you can do the same thing in in uh, in uh, in memoir where you know it's like oh well you know uh, the in on the I don't know battle for the factories or whatever that the bread barricades map is. You know, I remember when I, you know, snuck a tank around the the back and and took out this guy's artillery. But it it doesn't quite mean the same thing. Even though you can have a a, a game of uh, memoir that takes forty five minutes, it never has the same sort of um, uh, staying power that events like that have in League of Legends. And I'm convinced it's because. Uh, the 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 greater complexity of the units themselves, um, you know, even though you only have like whatever four abilities, I mean, the the, the way that they interact and the, the abilities themselves uh, make a difference, and the fact that you're constantly gaining experience, money, um, you know, tricking out your character, um, that kind of progress, that kind of progression through a game, makes really makes a big difference and 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 creates a sense of attachment well it creates that, stories right i mean we talk about games that right. have sort of cinematic moments right and right. there are definitely cases in almost every league of legends match even no matter how badly they go where it's like you know you're halfway through and it's like oh we had one guy disconnect and right. i've come you know got killed six times really fast and i'm going to be way behind now and i've totally fed the, the other team there's a right, story the that you that have guy. about that Right, but the one time you killed that guy, right? The guy was right. somebody was running away from you. You know, Rise was running away from you, and uh, you know you managed to just he was down to his last, uh, you know, little bit of health, and you managed to find a way to kill him. 
It's very satisfying. Yeah. That's extremely satisfying. And then right. the fact that you got killed, you know, besides that, you got killed 12 you times. Ignore, you I mean, ignore that, right. right. Right, exactly. I mean, I do feel like that this is a game that I continually learn something about. And I think mm-hmm. that, that I, think, I think a big part of that, I mean, not to close the loop too far back, I think a big part of that is this business model with this sort of constant release of new characters. I mean, think about it as you know, new chess pieces being introduced to chess every two weeks. But they're not so complicated that you can't understand them. But they're interesting enough that you want to try them. And and I I have to imagine there are an awful lot of people out there like me that who have I mean I've never bought a skin. I don't particularly think I'm gonna be going out and buying a lot of skins, but boy, the idea of like you know, they release a new character this week and she turns into a dragon for her ultimate yeah, and flies I across the that, map. Yeah. It's like I got to admit, there's part of me that wants to spend whatever it is, five or eight bucks or whatever, to play with that character for a week because that seems really interesting and intriguing. And I know the game well enough that I I can sort of see a couple opportunities for, oh, if I was in this corner of the map, I can get this far to get over the wall. And, you know, you can you start reimagining the metagame in your head. So, so Ryan, I'm curious, you know, you, you totally dodged the question about how much money you've spent, but do you spend money on Champions 2 or at this point do you have so much... Uh, IP that you don't need to do that. I've I've spent plenty of money on champions. Um, <laughs> You're I mean, just not going to give us a number, are you? No. Oh my. I've spent certainly hundreds of dollars on this game, and I totally don't regret it because it's it's, it's worth every penny. Well, I, I mean, mean a, a WoW subscription it, for two years would be three hundred dollars, right? Right, right. Oh, I spent more than that on this game. Um, yeah, this would probably be <laughs> if you tallied up how much I have spent on skins and champions. It's probably like having a monthly MMO subscription, more or less. Well, I, I, should, I, I, I don't. Like I'm afraid to look at that I, number. I feel like I don't play these. I don't play any game the way all you people play games because I don't. I have very little interest in learning a new character. I mean, a new hero. I mean, I've played the. the I've played two heroes, I think, in the history of my playing this game. Annie and... and are you Ro- serious? And, oh, those and, are both Annie and, and Ash. They're both Ash. great characters. They're both great yeah. characters. But, but I it. mean, don't you, don't you play against a character? And aren't you like, oh, my gosh, I would love to, like... No. Try that out because no. I got my ass kicked by that guy. Nope. Uh-uh. Really? You have zero interest. See, to me, I, to me I, I've run into a character that does something I don't understand that seems totally game breaking and the first thing i want to do is go buy that character and try it and then you realize it wasn't as game breaking as you thought it was well of course because i suck right i mean that's the that's (laughs) the constant is that i suck and the other guy is like you know when he did whatever he did was eight levels over me and completely fed so it didn't matter there's a there's a character in the game named blitzcrank he's a robot and he has a skill where he fires out his arm and hooks and whatever he hits you, right. and grabs you toward him and i remember when when they first introduced him me and my friend were like oh god this is this is the most overpowered character in gaming history this is this character is infuriating and needs to be destroyed and removed <laughs> from the game and then we we tried him out and realized oh you have to be really good at aiming or else you you're worthless if you can't hit those grabs because they don't you know it's like a skill shot it doesn't just home in you have to right. aim so there's a lot of instances like that where you you think oh god this is game breaking and you, sometimes it is uh it's you know and they have to nerf something but um a lot of times it's just it's not as powerful as you think you just lost because you suck or something i don't know now do you think that they deliberately i mean this is the 
the, certainly the, what the average person on the forums would suggest. Do you think that they deliberately release the new characters overpowered so that everybody will buy them and then immediately nerf them? I mean, you've been playing this game longer than I have. I don't think they do that because there's plenty of characters that come out and they're they're broken in the other way. They're just worthless. Um, there there have been quite a few characters that have come out that uh, that they've had to buff, you know, in the in the um, subsequent patches. I remember when the game first came out, the the first there were forty characters in the game uh, at launch, and the first character they introduced was this this melee um, jungler guy named Udir. And he was so terrible that people, when you were picking your characters, you know, the time counts down, and people would would pick him and not lock in, but they would pick him and wait until the last second and then pick someone else so that nobody else had the chance to use that character. They, like, <laughs> they actively blocked people from using him because he was he was looked at as being so terrible that he that would, he would kill your whole team if he yeah. actually somebody actually tried to play him. Uh huh. Well, doesn't I? I think uh, it's an interesting question that, that you asked that uh, Julian because um, that makes me think back to uh, of all things Warhammer and. My recollection, and this is from so far back that I, I, I may, may be wrong, but it seemed to me like every time back in the old days the, for the miniatures game, every time they released a new faction for that, it was slightly better than all the other factions, which was what, what was supposed to be the incentive to get people to buy the miniatures for that faction. And, uh, and so you had this sort of progressive sort of escalation of, of strength in, in uh, Warhammer armies because, uh, um, because Games Workshop was basically trying to entice you to buy their new products by making them better than the old products. Right. So, um, and I, I just assumed that they were doing that. And, and like I said, I, I, I don't really have much interest in playing new characters. My goal, like when I play a war game, uh, I want to, you know, sort of optimize... I want to play one scenario, just basically figure everything out about it before I play another scenario. Really? And, like even yeah. like even like with ASL, you're just gonna play, you know, you know, I don't know, the blue house over and over and over and if, over and over again. If given the choice, if given the choice, yes. But wow. I, I don't have that opportunity. I mean, yeah, I'll play a couple. I mean, I don't want to play the same thing over and over and over every single time. But for the most part, yes. I mean, the most part, I'll play something and I'll be like, oh, here are all the things I learned from playing, uh, you know, uh, Hill Six Twenty One. Uh, l- let me let me set up the let me set up the the German artillery on this one other hex, um, and let's you know let's now let's play again, um, you know I sort of want to tweak everything about a particular uh, uh, I do that with memoir I mean with memoir I I I routinely play the same two or three scenarios. Uh, I mean, I I, I, I I get the allure of that, but on the other hand, you know when Demigod came out, part of what was so cool about that was that it wasn't just the same map over and over again i mean it, there are two maps in uh heroes of new earth did the same two maps here the same two maps that were in defense of the agents if i recall right. um it seems like there's still only one map in in dota 2 and the, and they're all the same map i mean we're talking about the same map across all four of these games and when demigod came out they were all totally different which was kind of exciting and interesting and, and until you realized that demigod was broken well, yeah, I mean, Demi had a plenty of its own problems, but but I like the fact that there was some variety there. I mean, Ryan, do you do you not get tired of playing Summoner's Rift over and over again? I have no problem with Summoner's Rift. 
I, I mean, it, it gets... If you sit and play like 10 games a day, as I've been known to do... Um, <laughs> Not that you're proud. I, you know, it, it, it's sort of... Uh, it does sort of get tiring seeing the same thing over and over and over again. But um, I don't know. I think it's, it's in a way, it's sort of risky for them to, to release more and more and more maps. You know, they, they released um, a second map, I think shortly before the end of beta, um, called Twisted Tree Line. Which is which the three-player map, right? The 3v3 it's, it's map? It's 3v3, and it, it's a smaller map. Um, there's only two lanes. There's a bigger kind of jungle that people can run through for, for ganking and whatnot. And um, the, the game time is, is pretty compressed. Um, games last maybe like 20 minutes. But uh, what, what wound up happening with that map, um, it has such, such a, a dramatically kind of lower audience because, you know, it, it, it sort of favors different kinds of characters far more than, you know, like sort of big, heavy, like melee bruiser guys always have the definite advantage on that map. And um, the fact that there's only three players on each team, you know, it, it, it makes the map sort of instantly more stressful because your contribution, for better or for worse, to your team is much, much higher than it would have been on Summoner's Rift. Right. Um, so if you die, you're, you're doing, you know, 66% more damage to your team every time. And uh, not as many people sort of flock to that. I guess maybe in the short term when it came out, when it was like, when it was new and everybody was just excited to have a new map. Um, you know, there were there, it got some heavy play. But nowadays, it's when you look at it compared to the other two maps, it's kind of a ghost town. You know, people still, even with Dominion out, this this new mode, people still favor some of the rifts so heavily, just because it's it's well designed and it sort of hues very closely to, um, you know, just what Dota is. And I don't know, I don't what? have I don't have a problem with having playing the same map over and over. Were there other places though? That the heroes fought. You Say, mean, I thought that was the big problem. You mean you mean in the his in in the historical record? Right. Like, I, don't, I don't know of any other place. <laughs> so uh, I mean, I thought I mean that's just something you can't get around. I mean, you're kind of stuck with it. I mean, it's not like having another. Like, I mean, you couldn't have another D Day. I mean, well, D Day happened where it happened. But right? but I was just going to go to World War Two. We spend way too much time already talking about World War Two here. But part of the reason that I know all of us to our own degree. Um, on the show or World War II buffs is that things like terrain and environment right. make such a huge difference, right? right? I mean, you take the same exact order of battle and you take it from the beach and you stick it at the Battle of the Bulge and you have an entirely different, you know, outcome. Um, right. And that, that's obviously completely, I mean, there is no terrain in this, right? I mean, you basically have jungle right. and lane and that's it. Well, here's the thing that I got to say that the one thing that I think that could really improve this game would be weather. Meaning, like, over hmm. the course of a map? Yeah, would, no, it would, yeah, or it would just start snowing. That would be interesting. Yeah. That would be interesting. Right, and certain characters have certain ability right, to exactly. see through like it or whatever. Right, exactly. ski troops. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the new hero for League yes. of Legends. You heard it here first. Finish ski yes. troops. I mean, I was got, this is actually how I wanted to sort of wrap things up here as we're coming to the end. What would you do to change this 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 genre or League of Legends in particular? I mean, what do you think that a game like you know Dota Two, which still has a long time in beta, has plenty of time to fix things, do new things? What would they do to improve on this model for you? What would drag you out of League of Legends to go playing the new hotness? I'd make it turn based. <laughs> All right, I don't know whether you're serious or not. Oh, I'm very serious. Really? 
Yeah. Wouldn't it take forever? That's the point. Ryan, do you have a better answer than that? <laughs> I mean, have you I played? Mean, what, what, what would Dota 2 have to do to get you out of League of Legends? Other than give you your $800 back. I actually looked. I looked it up. Do you want to hear the number? Yes. I've never, I've never publicly revealed never, this. It's I, never been revealed, but here no, but, on Three Moves Ahead, yeah. how much has Ryan Scott spent on League of Legends? Well, my bank account only lets me go back to May of 2010. <laughs> but um, since then, from May 3rd, 2010, I, I, I've spent um, $629.75 on this game. <laughs> okay, so that's oh, wow. over, what, 18 months? That's a lot of money. Yeah. Wow, it's got a lot uh, yeah. of skins. I, yeah. I hope. And, and how many hours do you think you played? Oh God, I don't know. I have no idea. See, that's that's hard to determine. I mean, I can look at how many games I've played, um, you know, over the course of the live game. But I pl- that doesn't account for like the extreme number of games that I played uh, in beta. Right. You know, that doesn't right. carry over. And I played so many games of beta. Right, but you didn't uh, spend six hundred dollars in beta. By definition, no, but there was no there was no store yet. There weren't any skins. <laughs> yeah. So no skins to buy. So yeah, so, well, rem- so 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 six hundred dollars in. Is there anything that Valve can do to make you switch over to League of Legends? I mean, to Dota two. I mean, I don't. I might. I I sort of. This is the horse that I'm backing, right? You know. I mean, I'm I'm already so far down this this particular uh, rabbit hole that it's it's it would be hard for anything to pull me away just because I've. I have invested so much of my time into this game. But but isn't um, it like an MMO where, you know, you've invested so much time into WoW, but, you know, is that going to keep you from playing Star Wars The Old Republic? Yeah, but that's Star Wars. <laughs> so they can put li- Star they can Wars put, League of Legends. They, they can put lightsabers in, um, in... Actually, League of Legends already did that with one of the awesome skins. But they can put lightsabers in Dota 2. No, I don't, I don't really know. I would, I, don't know. I would I would want the, the uh, here's I, I thought of something I would like to have. I would like to have more of a story. And ah. then I would I would like to have more dialogue and cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, that would send me screaming. That's for sure. No, I would that would be I would definitely would be play bad. more if I if I had that. That would be I bad. mean, I don't know. I'm not a game designer. I can't I mean I can't answer these I mean I'm sure that anything I thought of would be freaking terrible and it would make the game awful. So I mean there's nothing uh um, other than having panzers or, you know, some sort of air support, um, I can't think of something that I would want in a game. Um, but uh, Well, but in Bruce Garrick land, every game is better with panzers, right? Of course. It's it? like well, it's an Pokemon, add a panzer, you're done. That's, right. That's it. That's exactly right. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I would like to have, um, I mean, I'd like to have a better, I, I would love to have an observer mode. Where I could just go in and, and watch somebody's game. That would be great. Of course, I'd love that for memoir too. But because uh, uh, you could do that in um, of all the stupid things that I could think of, Ticket to Ride. The, yep. Um, you know, when I first started playing that, you know, you could just jump in and watch people play. I would love to have an observer mode. I mean, it would certainly not make me, you know, change games or play one game over another. But uh, being able to watch good players play or have some um, some good way of 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 uh, of watching matches, I'd also like to see. You know, what would be would be neat. It would be some way of having the game tell you. Because I, I watch a lot of these. Not a lot. That's an exaggeration. But I, I have watched some videos on YouTube of people playing League of Legends, 
and I would just love to know, you know, what the combinations are. I don't, I'm not familiar enough with all the characters to see what they're doing. Um, I'd like to be able to say, oh, you know, that guy did this, this, and this, and then you, go back you need to you character. need blow by blow commentary, right? Which I would is, love it. Yeah, which Joe is what, That's what's happening with Star Starcraft games, right? You watch you watch a Starcraft match, and they're they're blow by blow, like, oh, he's doing this build order, blah blah blah, you know. And I don't speak Korean though, so I don't know. Well, they do it. They do it in U.S. too. But I think that Spectre mode is coming to League of Legends, and it's clearly part of what's already being built into Dota too. I think that's going to wrap it up for this issue of Three Moves Ahead, the official podcast of Flash of Steel. Ryan, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. You're welcome. On behalf of myself, Julian Murdoch, and Bruce Garrick, and the absent uh, uh, Rob Zachney and Troy Goodfellow, thanks to Michael Hermes for production. We'll see you next week. Good night. Woot. Insert Moby music here. Moby music. We need Moby music. Somebody no one should... needs Moby music. Somebody should put Moby music at the end of this. Note to Michael Hermes. Hello, Michael Hermes. Put Moby music here at this spot.